Hello everyone. It's been a bit. What's that even mean? A bit? I don't know. It's been a few days since I've done a podcast and I figured it was time and I have some things to say today. I went on possibly one of the best girl weekend adventures of my life this past weekend and I know that everyone uses the term life-changing for things that really aren't life-changing like you know pasta actually no that could be life-changing um I've never been to Italy and that's on you know checklist of things I need to do before I die because I want some life-changing pasta so this weekend was put together by my good good friend Lindsay who had this crazy beautiful idea six months ago to bring together for one weekend all of her favorite women in her life and she thought we all needed to meet each other we all have gifts that we can bring to the table for each other we can learn from each other and just sort of gain wisdom from the uh, life experiences of one another and initially when you hear that you think great sounds cool you know why not but as as she kept sending out emails and what about these dates and surveys like she's so organized she's so I you know I'll get to that later but she was so great about keeping things simple and yet figuring out what works best for everyone so that was really cool but as the date loomed closer you know the the list that I think initially started out somewhere near 40 women pared down to 13 of us who could make it on the specific dates that worked for the most people and we ended up spending two nights in Prince Edward County at an Airbnb place with a hot tub and Really, if you stop and think about it, this should have been fraught with issues. And I say that in the most loving way as a very pro-women woman, a feminist. But you know what I mean. Like, you come together, 13 strong personalities. And you think, you know, there's going to be someone who drives me nuts. There's going to be someone who I drive nuts. All of those, you know, oh, is this going to work? Is the chemistry going to be fine between all of us? Am I going to be able to last the three days? Now, I wasn't able to make it for the Friday. I had a gig here in Kingston. And so I went up Saturday morning. And we, I can't describe how wonderful this weekend was. It was, it exceeded every single one of my very low expectations. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get into the details of what we did and uh, maybe even why it was so good. I'll do that in another podcast because I'm compiling... Uh, the women's three takeaways from the weekend, and I can't even describe how hilarious some of those have been. But the purpose of this podcast today was to be a little bit more vulnerable, and it came through one of the takeaways uh, that one of the girls on the trip, Andrea, and I say girl, I hate, you know, people get caught up in the fact that we call women girls. I don't mean that in a derogatory way, if that's how you take that. It's not a label I use, you know, in a an offensive way I just it comes out I have two daughters I call them girls I call my women girls I'm like hey girls what's up so there you go that aside um I 
got this message from Andrea and I came, this is a woman who I knew when I went to university back in the early 2000s and um, we weren't super close. There was, we hadn't worked together. We were a few years apart in school. Um, and even though we were in a very kind of small faculty of drama, because we didn't have any classes together and hadn't worked in a show together, we didn't know each other very well. Um, but I'd always found her to be great. And so this weekend was a real amazing opportunity to get to know her and to recognize and realize just how similar we are same sense of humor and it was really pretty amazing so I was really looking forward to hearing what her takeaways were and I cannot describe how it hit me over the head um when she wrote what she wrote so before I share that with you I want to do a little bit of a preface by saying if you do know me and if you are friends with me which I think most people are who listen you know that over the last few years of my life I have sort of gotten lost I quit my job as a high school teacher which was the hardest thing I've literally ever done in my life harder than natural childbirth um without a baby to show for it at the end and I've been going to therapy over the last couple of months and that has really changed my life. Maybe even like a bowl of pasta from Italy, who knows, but Joanne has really helped me to articulate what's been going on inside of me that I had completely shut off. So I'm about to get really vulnerable here and I hope that if you're listening, it helps you or at least it gives you insight to what I've gone through and probably what other people around you might have gone through as well. When you leave something that defines a little bit of who you are, you know, a, a profession, a job, uh, even when you leave university and you start your life as an adult, all those kind of transitional milestones, it does a doozy on you. And so over the last four years, three or four years, I have completely disassociated from myself. I, from the head down, um, wasn't listening to anything in my own body. This includes my heart, obviously, and my soul, but also biological things. I wasn't listening to my hunger cues. I wasn't listening to the desires my body had for joyful movement, anything. I just was a shell of the person I used to be. And the way I described it last night in my therapy session was that I became a little bit like a dead robot. And that's a heavy thing to say, but that's sort of, I think, where I was. Um, and I hope some of you out there can understand what I'm saying when I say that. It was like I had shut down and shut off all channels in my body for communication with myself. And so in that process, I was completely empty. I was a void. I was not living a full life and I wasn't a whole person. So without recognizing it or without any kind of um, uh, 
understanding that I was doing this, I was trying to fill that void with something. And that something kind of became food. I wasn't by any means someone binging or binging and purging or anything like that. I wasn't doing something that was like outrageous, but I definitely was mindlessly eating. I was eating just because, and it was to fill the emptiness inside of me. And so through this whole process, I've put on a lot of weight and I don't want to get into the whole weight conversation because that's not what this podcast is about. I am very body positive and I have no hangups about that, but I can recognize that where I am right now in my body is not a result of loving myself. This is not a body that shows care and love and concern for themselves. So I wanted to get to the bottom of this. We had a turning point in the summer. We had a really difficult summer uh, as a family and it was a bit of a breaking point for me. I thought something's got to give in this family so that we can access joy again. And the only way that I can do that is to work on myself. I can read books. I can, um, you know, try to talk to my husband or my children or whatever. And at the end of the day, that's not going to help anything if I don't actually recommunicate with myself, turn the channels back on and allow myself to feel what I need to feel and to move forward with my life. And so that's where Joanne came in. And so the reason I'm sharing that with you today is because the reasons that I've been feeling all of these feelings, or I guess lack of these feelings, is because I really, really, really defined myself as a failure. If you you know, the, the way I saw myself was as a failure in every aspect of my life. And that's difficult to say because it makes me pretty sad now, but it was the truth at the time. As a parent this summer, I felt like a failure and many times over the last 10 years. As a partner, I felt like a failure. As a teacher, I quit, so I was a failure. When I looked at my body, I felt like a failure. And then when I looked at the dreams I had as a child, I felt like an uber failure. As a child, the only thing that ever really made sense to me, that felt good, that felt right, and that felt like this is who I am, was performing. Singing, dancing, acting, those were the things that just came out of me naturally. For some of you out there, that is sports or writing or coaching or teaching, which is also other things that I love to do. But it's different for everyone. It looks different for everyone. You know, something that you do just naturally because there's a compulsion in you to do it. And that was mine. And so from a very young age, I was convinced that I should be on Broadway, that my life and my life's work was performance and that the pinnacle of that would mean Broadway in New York City. 
And you fast forward, I mean, which is easy to do now in a podcast, but obviously there's a lot of time in between the time I'm four and 42, but here I am and I'm nowhere near Broadway. And that, you know, layered with all the other things I thought I was failing at really just sort of brought me to my knees. I felt like I was living in cement. I felt like I was really doing nothing right. And so thankfully, I had enough wherewithal to ask my friend who I knew was seeing a therapist about her therapist. And there, there I am. I'm, I'm with Joanne now and I'm feeling remarkably different. So I'm sharing this with you in a really vulnerable way, hoping that you can connect with what I'm saying and that it gives you maybe some empathy for those of you, for those people in your life who maybe you can see the same sort of qualities in. So that preface aside, which we're now at 13 minutes, <laughs> so, so I'm sorry, the preface was long, but I felt it was necessary. And I really do think that vulnerability is strength. And I think that when you share the most vulnerable parts of your story, not only do you feel lighter, but I think also everyone feels a bit lighter because everyone can probably identify with what you're most vulnerable about. The thing is we hide our vulnerabilities, or at least we try to, because we think that if we don't share them, no one will know. But I have news for you. Your vulnerability is painted on your face. It's because we all have them. And usually they're the same ones. And so when you share them, we all share, we all grow, and we all feel a lot better. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm thinking, yeah, come to my house for a dinner party. <laughs> You'll leave in tears. It'll be great. No. Okay. So bringing myself back to Andrea and what she said. You know, I asked her for, I asked all the girls for their takeaways from the weekend and she came through with some ridiculously poignant and insightful things. At which point, um, you know, we start a conversation and I'm like, oh my gosh, I felt that way too. I can't believe it. This is so wonderful. And this is way more than I expected someone to write. Um, and then she just starts typing to me. And I'm just going to read it to you because I can't really paraphrase this brilliance. She says, but another takeaway from that same conversation is our ideas of ourselves as having, quote, failed when we didn't follow through or succeed with a particular idea of what we were supposed to be, dot, 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 when we were like 20. Basically, what may be attached to some of the baggage around university is this shame around not having, quote, made it in, let's say, acting, music, writing, etc. We all have that baggage from time to time when looking back at choices. But really, A, the idea of making diverse choices as being failure is hilarious. And B, that just because this one particular person, for example, is a great writer and works in TV programming and apparently gives a great exercise class among many other skills, doesn't mean that she's any less of a creative. 
Being multifaceted shouldn't be synonymous with failure, but especially when it comes to the arts. Artistic people tend to be really insecure when, they're, when they've excelled at something that can be described as a plan B, even if it isn't even a fucking plan B. But it's just a smart lateral move using your skill set. I just want that to sink in for a minute. Most of my friends are creative people because I went to school for drama. And I can't describe any better than what she just wrote about so many of our collective psyches feeling like we failed based on an idea of who we thought we should be when we were 20. When we were 20, we had these lofty ideals and big dreams for what it meant to succeed as a creative person. And here we are, the vast majority of us, inching ever closer towards 40, some of us over 40, and looking nothing like what we thought we would when we were 20. And so for some reason, we all experience this notion internally that we have failed. We have failed the success that we thought we should have by the time we're 20. And that if we're using our creative energies for other things, and we do those things very, very well, and she's talking about a specific woman who was at this weekend, you know, she's ran an exercise class, she's a writer, she works in TV production, and yet she still feels these sort of feelings of failure sometimes when she looks back at who she thought she could be. And it's just so silly. It's so silly that all of us do this. And it doesn't, it isn't just in the arts. It's in anything. If you are someone who aims high and does great things, you might be feeling this as well because you're probably very, um, what's the word? Um, when you're, you know, you reach high, you aim high and you work hard when you're young and you think like, this is who I'm going to be when I'm 40. I can see it. And then you get to 40 and your life looks nothing like that, but it looks pretty great. So it's just all so silly that we hold ourselves up to the dreams we had when we were young kids, really. So I typed back to her. I said, I'm crying at Costco, which by the way, would be a great album title. Um, and she said she'd already cried that day, so yay us. And then she wrote, and this is one of my most favorite things. I get it. It's such an old wound, but it doesn't make any sense to feel this way. Like, why should I feel anything but not stupid about the fact that I released some albums, not much happened, and with that data, decided I could afford to diversify out of my amazing career as a server and get some other shit going? and still perform, and still write music, and still be awesome. And I don't need to fucking apologize for that. And timing is everything. You're doing this podcast now? Well, maybe that's where it's all going to begin. Oh, Whew. makes me cry a little bit. And I'm not at Costco, <laughs> but I am in my walk-in closet. <laughs> I don't know which one's better. So, I just wanted to tell all the people listening today, you can let go of the lofty dreams you had when you were 18, 19, 20 years old. And you can look at yourself in the mirror right now and say, I am here. I'm still me. 
and I can do great things. Maybe they're just different from the things that I set out to do 20 years ago. And if you're a younger person listening to this, I really hope this reaches you. I really do. I really hope that this message can save you from this strange internal dialogue we create for ourselves based on aspirations that don't serve us when we get older. And I really hope also that you can see that you are so much more than the things you didn't get a chance to do. Joanne said to me a few weeks ago when I was sitting with her, she looked me in the eyes after me pouring my heart out about wanting to be on Broadway and doing all of the things and singing all of the things. And she said, but April, your dream wasn't really to be on Broadway. Your dream was just to perform. When you were four, you didn't know what Broadway was. You didn't even know that there was an opportunity like that for you. At the core of who you are, your dream is just to perform. And you can do that anywhere you are. And let me tell you, this past weekend was really a chance for all of us to perform for one another. And my God, did we ever. And we laughed and laughed. I don't think I've laughed that hard in a very long time with a group of people I didn't know. (laughs) So, did I get emotional today? Yes. (laughs) Am I going to start asking rhetorical questions? Yes. Is this a little bit heavier than my other podcasts? Yes. But I really hope it left you with something to hang on to. And if you're listening at Costco, I hope you're crying in the aisle with all of the cheese. Have a great day, everybody. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening.